It's kind of a scary world right now, but also rich with possibility. Life will never be exactly the way it was before COVID-19, but what we choose to create from here really can be even better than anything that came before, maybe even legendary. So today's guest, Michael Warden, is helping us redream the future together. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. But you can have a legendary marriage filled with passion, fun, and adventure together. That's why each week we share stories and ideas about building a life, a love, and a legacy together. And at the end of every episode, we challenge you to find a time with your spouse to build more intimacy and connection by having conversations that matter. Welcome to episode 179 of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're your hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams. Hey, in this episode, we are talking with one of our favorites, Mr. Michael Warden. Yay! About how (laughs) we can seize this weird moment in history to create a better future for our marriages and our families and ourselves. In this episode, you're going to learn how to create your new normal, how to cut down on stress by focusing on your circle of control. Mm. And we're going to learn how to discuss with your family what you want to carry through into the new normal. All right, you guys. Seriously, Michael, he we've joked that he is like the third co- wait, not co-host. What's a three host? I, I show. Don't know. A try, would just be try, a try host. Well, no. I mean, it would still be co. Oh. Why are we talking about this? I don't know because we love having him on the show so yeah. much. It's almost like he's just part of the show with us. Yeah. You know what? I want to just share this. He really is part of the show because Long, 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 long time ago, he was your mentor, your coaching mentor. Stores, yeah. So I feel like a lot of the wisdom you have is uh, siphoned through Mike. Absolutely. And Legendary <laughs> Marriage was born in an experience uh, that in some ways with... that I had with Mike. Oh, my gosh. Just so out we're... of a coaching conversation. All right. So, so, so we're talking um, with Michael today, but seriously, I want to share with you a little... <laughs> A little bit of a moment that we had. We had a field day this week. Okay, you know oh how gosh, in school time, you, like some of the best memories of school are like the last couple of weeks of school. You've got field day. You've got, you know, water balloon fights. You've got all this stuff. Well, obviously, a lot of that stuff is not happening this year. But we tried to do a family field day, and it was just sad. It was sad. It was was weird. We had a couple of events and we were done with them in like 10 minutes. And the girls were like, why did we do this? This just feels like a sad version of field day. Yeah. So. And then one of the children got fed up and left. Yeah. Like I'm out. Yeah, it was, I didn't blame her either. All right. But, and uh, speaking of being fed up, I'm also fed up with the whole like, oh, let's bake things. Let's, you know, make homemade food all the time. Be happy homemaker. I'm I'm over that too. Yeah, but takeout, (laughs) but getting takeout is, uh, it's so hit or miss. Like some of my favorite restaurants, you get takeout and it's just like, oh, this is not. 
Well, see, I think the thing with us is the snuff. reason we go out is for the ambiance mostly, and the food is secondary. You, I think I think you go out to dinner for two reasons. One, because you don't want to have to you deal don't with do, it. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to make dinner. And two, for the ambiance. Yeah, and a, some people are foodies. Like they really sure. love the food thing. For us, that's kind of like, oh yeah, and we get fed too. Yeah, yeah whatever. All right. Today's guest, Michael Warden, is an author, a coach, and a friend who always seems to bring tons of wisdom and and challenges us to bring new perspectives Mm -hmm. in our lives as well as on the show. Michael is the author of several nonfiction books, including Alone with God, The Transformed Heart, and Leading Wide Awake. He's also the author of the Pearl Song Refounding Trilogy. And the third and final book in that trilogy is due out in 2021, so you'll want to check it out. Uh, But Michael has been coaching since 2002, and he's a mentor of mine, and that's the realm we're going to dive into today. So without further ado, let's get to our conversation with Michael Warden. All right, so we are so happy to have Mike Warden back on the show today. He is our number one repeater podcast guest. I think, uh, yeah. yes, I know. Yeah. We can't stop inviting him. Justin, <laughs> just, just try to make me stop. <laughs> I dare you. I won't. Are you going to make him a co-host? Like if I get really yeah, sick yeah. someday, just all of a sudden Mike just slips in. That'd be and, fun. Yeah, yeah could do that. That you would should be do fun. That. I could try what? to I could try to embody Danielle. Just you know. Oh man! Oh, that would be a fun thing. That would be fun. Uh, I'd enjoy that. I yeah. would. I would like watching that. I would like. <laughs> oh wow! That's how I act. Shoot. Um, <laughs> no, Michael. I know you are so like you have a lot to say about how we exit out of our quarantine mode, um, even better than uh you know just surviving (laughs) like like there may be a light at the end of the tunnel and it may be a beautiful thing that we can design with our family and you have a lot to say about that so we're so excited to engage in this conversation with you today welcome to the show michael thank you so much it's so good to be here again yay all right so um are we going to get back to a normal Oh boy. Situation here pretty soon. Are we going to get back to normal? I know you're really excited. You're going to get your first haircut in months. Like, are you back to normal now, Michael, after this haircut? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I think the last time I had a haircut was the first part of March. And even then it was long when I, like, I just got it barely trimmed. So <laughs> I am excited to go back. I'm also nervous. I think a lot of people are feeling really strangely ambivalent, like they want to go back to some normal routines, but are also feeling nervous about engaging people in the same way that they did Mm -hmm. before. And um, there's so many questions out there about, about, okay, is there going to be a new normal? And I think the answer to that is, uh, we're not, yes, we're not going back to the way it was though. And so Mm -hmm. that, that feels like the, the kind of cold water in the face news that we just all have to Mm. adjust to and what that new normal is going to be is not yet clear so we have this whole new level of anxiety or uncertainty in addition to what we've already been experiencing over these last many months so I know like I was talking to some friends today some other coaches today about what they're hearing out there what they're experiencing from their clients and in their communities and the number one thing is people are just done they're just done it's like there's so much that they've been 
you know, kind of gritting their teeth and hanging on and saying, if we can just white knuckle our way through this, we're going to be okay. And now they're kind of realizing, wait a minute, why isn't the train stopping? Why, why can't we get off? Why is Aren't it, we through this? <laughs> are we through this? Are we past the curve? You know, have we already peaked? And, and so you see different people behaving in ways to try to be normal and other people freaking out about it, not going back to normal. So it's just, it's a really weird thing. Just today, I, I went online and I looked up, I just looked up what are, what are articles saying about the post-pandemic world? And so yeah. we have all these things from uh, what will work-life balance look like now? How will the coronavirus change us? Here are 11 hypotheses on how life may change in a post-pandemic mm. world. Um, why the virus is an opportunity to grow. Uh, coronavirus anxiety, how to cope with life after lockdown. Mm. Work from home is here to stay. I mean, we're, we're already just seeing in the kind of the zeitgeist of our culture, people trying to figure out what normal is now. And it's just wide open. It's wide there are some, open. There are some things that I'm not happy about that I think will change and things that I am happy about that I think will yeah. change. Like I'm concerned that people aren't going to feel comfortable um, hugging each other or shaking hands or like being in close proximity to each other, like any sense of physical touch, like, Hey buddy, how's it going? You know, none of that. I, I think a lot of that is going to disappear and I don't like that. I don't know. You don't like the fact that physical touch may diminish. May go yeah. Away. Yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> that's a, a need that people have, especially, you know, people that don't have small children clawing all over them 24-7, <laughs> <laughs> which I do. But, right. Well, <laughs> but, just the other day, I was like on a trail, a uh, local trail out here. And the trails have remained open in Colorado, but there's there are actual police on the trail. Currently, mm. like they they watch to make sure that you're obeying the rules. But like one of the things that's happened is people are not engaging other people's pets in the same way. And it mm. all comes from you know, the pet can't get sick, but the pet can actually touch a lot of different people. And then if you touch the pet, you might get the virus. And so yeah. like even that was weird because I, yeah. I love animals and I can't pet the dog, you know, that comes up to me. So yeah, I think part of just what it means to be human in a society or human in community is under assault around uh, physical I think we're going to have to find different ways to do those sorts of friendly things mm -hmm. because like you were saying, you're walking along a trail. We have trails near our house too. And it's like people jump off the trail like a couple feet and they like, they almost don't even make eye contact with you. Like, you can't at least smile at somebody. That's not going to pass it's any germ. Well, interesting you, but part. you probably have a mask on, so nobody knows if right. you're smiling. So it, it's a very strange thing, even to be walking through our neighborhood and have somebody like cross the street uh, so that they don't cross the sidewalk with yeah. you. It's very strange. Well, it's interesting because like, yeah, I feel like that's been the shift the last couple of weeks. But prior to that, when things you know, probably two, three weeks before that was you would, yeah, you would cross or you would create some distance, but people were very eager to make eye contact, to wave, to sh say, howdy, hi, you know, how you they doing? were fresh out of their house because, because of <laughs> that social distance, they wanting to bridge it. And now it feels like we're retreating even more. Mm -hmm. That There's thing is, that, phases. I don't know. 
There is. And it's kind of like we're, we're all in an experiment uh, in human, like human behavior because we are behaving differently. It's almost like we've now begot, gotten a little more used to being secluded from one another, even though we don't like it. And so it feels weird to reconnect, like uh, getting out in society and actually being in a restaurant with a bunch of people that are also there feels suddenly dangerous in a way it's never felt before. So all that to say that there's so much we still don't know and about how it's going to look, what the new normal is going to be. Will the virus come back every season? Uh, Are we going to be able to eradicate it? Uh, Are there social distancing rules that are now going to become normal in our society? We just don't know. Are we all going to be, you know, get like Zoom fatigue? We've already got Zoom fatigue, but like we're going to get that even more. Well, and, and even bigger is like, is this the first of a new, a new reality of like, okay, these, these viruses are, are going to turn up, grow, spread mm-hmm. massively quickly because we are such a, an interconnected uh, world. Yes. Um, you think back to the, the Spanish flu, the, the stories about that and how, I mean, it was a massive thing and like it didn't grow as uh, the same way it we weren't able to communicate yeah, you're about not it getting the on the way. plane or you but, know anything like, like that. It, it was just yeah. it, it's there's such a there's a lot of fear on that like I, i'm 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 wondering like is this the harbinger of mm-hmm. oh i don't like that a, a new reality as far okay. as disease goes. what's a harbinger honey like the the first <laughs> the, the tip first of the sword call. yeah <laughs> okay foreboding well, I, sign i yeah. speaking of weird things that we're finding in our culture um that we never thought would happen my daughter was on a zoom or, or she was doing some of her virtual homework the other day and one of the pop-ups on the side said do you want to appear um, more attractive in your zoom videos Ooh. and She's eight. And of course she clicked on it. Yes, I want to look more attractive in my Zoom videos. And I'm like, what audience is this for? And it's so funny that my eight-year-old is clicking on how to look more attractive in my Zoom videos. Was this on YouTube or something? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, find the good lighting and have a good background. You know, I mean, she's just going over some basic stuff that you and I would probably look at. But our eight-year-olds are looking, you know, to look good on Zoom, right now (laughs) that's a very weird thing there's so much new so much that's novel about this novel coronavirus right novel for all of us i think i think one of the things that maybe it's important for parents everywhere couples everywhere to notice is that we are in the unknown we're still in the unknown and so a lot of that brings uncertainty that uncertainty brings stress even when you don't consciously think about it if you were our normal routines have been upended uh, every, in every department of life, just about. Um, so that creates stress, that creates anxiety. But it also, there's also a silver lining to that. And that's that um, we're not in a rut at the moment. We're not in any kind of established routine where we feel stuck. So it's actually a really good time. If you're going to make a change in the way that you want to live or the way that you want to set up your life as a family, this is a good time to do it, uh, to really think about, um, you know, like what have we experienced in the last two or three months that has actually been kind of awesome for us, even though 
it's not, it's because of this horrible thing, but there's some mm -hmm. silver lining things that have occurred uh, or what, as you're pointing to, like what has been terrible that I definitely don't want to continue. Yeah. Like right now is the time to kind of have those conversations and begin mm. to design, like design, how can we make our family experience moving forward even better than it has been pre-pandemic? Because uh, now's the time to like make some of those changes. And it's not yeah. too late either. If you, I'm thinking if you, you know, got a taste of something and you're like, okay, I, I like that a a little bit. Let's try that some more, or let's amp this up, or let's add this. Yeah. Um, maybe you have an experience. It was so funny the other day. It was Mother's Day. We were out on the back patio, and I leaned over to my daughter, and we're just sitting there, like you know, eating some snacks out on the back patio. They've got their swimsuits on. They're playing in the water, and we're just kind of taking in the rays. And I looked over at my five year old, and I said. I really like this life. Like this is a good life. And I don't know that I necessarily would have just looked forward to sitting on my back patio and watching my kids play in a tiny inflatable pool. Like, I don't know that that would have been the highlight of my mother's day. Yeah. But this year it definitely was. And I loved every bit of it and I can't wait to do more of it. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I sent a, a survey out to my mailing list, I guess about a few weeks ago, and I gave them a bunch of options and said, like, what, what new thing or what thing have you experienced during the lockdown that you want to continue? And uh, the number one answer was uh, just playing outside with my family. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Like the simple thing. Yeah. There's something about this experience for all of us that has forced a kind of simplicity. Some things have gotten more complicated, but there's been kind of a simplicity to our daily lives in a way that we haven't experienced in quite a long time. So yeah, number one was hanging out with the family. Number two, outside. Number two was uh, whoever was working outside the house, wanting to work at home a little more often. Maybe mm -hmm. not all the time, but more often being at home, doing their thing. I thought, the, I thought there was one where, uh, one option I gave them, was creating, fixing meals together and sharing meals together. And I thought that would be really high. It was not. <laughs> People, mm -hmm. I guess, do not want to have to worry about fixing a meal every day. But, but still, it was, it's something we've seen that hasn't happened in a long time, where people's families sit down to meals. It's a romanticized notion, right? Oh, we're going to cook dinner together. It's going to be this perfect. We'll have to talk about our day and sip our wine. And, you know, he's cutting shallots and she's stirring garlic into the pan. And it's this beautiful moment. It's like, no, it's a gigantic mess. And well, it's <laughs> the it kids can, are it going, can, be can we nice. just have chicken nuggets? And <laughs> yeah, well, I'm thinking it can be nice um, on occasion. Sure. But when you need to do it seven days a week, every single week of the month of the year, it can be yeah. exhausting. Yeah. Every meal of the day. Yeah, no, exactly. So, but, there, but there, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna, I was gonna go back to where this conversation even started. So uh, a few weeks ago, you, uh, Mike published a, a blog post uh, about a quarantine poem. And it was just this longing, uh, tender, soulful kind of a, of a love letter, really. And it got me thinking about like, like and yes, uh, I, I would almost pray it uh, as, a, as, a, as a prayer 
but also just thinking about what, what, like what's important. Yeah, your what priorities. We have, what we, what yeah, I want with your you. family and and yeah. and you know, it was just this beautiful thing. And and then the next, you know, a few days later or so, or so there was a, a you did another post called about the art of lamenting. And it just it just aligned with this notion of like okay you there's and lamenting is similar to mourning yeah and grieving yeah it's it's right. a, it's almost like a reality check like okay like and it's been kind of guiding me the last few weeks like mm. okay there's this lamenting of what is gone what is no longer what is what was old is gone and there is a whole lot of uncertainty and a whole new opportunity and you know beauty and adventure on the horizon. Um, but before I can really step toward that, I, I want to, Oh, there's like two pieces of it. Yeah. yeah. To acknowledge, to lament the loss. Yeah. Um, before you start designing and a then, new future. And then yeah. it was, then you did this, this one about like redreaming the future. And it was, I just think it's important for, for listeners to go and check out Mike's blog, michaelwarden.com. And and read these three posts because it's just such a beautiful sequential um, way of processing. Yeah. yeah, they kind of they go together. So yeah. if you're just like putting a shiny spin on like we're gonna design a beautiful future right now from the crap storm that I feel like I'm in, you know, it's it's hard to go from crap storm to beautiful future mm-hmm. when you haven't really, like you said, released or yeah. grieved the things that, you know, you were looking forward to, or you had a summer vacation planned or the kids are graduating or all these things that you're not going to get to do. Yeah. This has been uh, traumatizing. And it's hard for us, I think, when you go into survival mode, especially as families, like you're just getting, you're just getting, you're just getting stuck to work, like figuring out how it's going to work, whatever it is, education or meals or how we're going to all stay in the house together without killing each other, like all of that. Um, And it's hard to be aware of the fact that you have taken a blow, that you've taken an emotional hit uh, around losing control um, and around the loss of things that you have actually had in place. I was supposed to be in Spain yeah. uh, in April and uh, that, you know, got completely tanked. And um, for every, a lot of people, summer vacations are still up in the air. They still know what's going to happen or not happen. Uh, suddenly you have kids underfoot that you weren't expecting to be underfoot because they're usually away in school. And like, there's all these kinds of losses. And uh, it is true the way the human, human heart is wired we we tend to want to not focus on the things we've lost. We want to just go, okay, how do I fix it? How do I get to the other side of this? But the truth is, it's kind of like a bridge with a railing on it. And the side that on one end where you lost a bunch of stuff, you kind of grab hold of that. And then you try to walk across the bridge while your hand is still gripping the railing of the things you lost. Um, so you have to acknowledge the things you've lost. You have to lament that just by saying it sucks that this is not the way I'd wanted it to be and letting that, letting that wash through you so you can let it go. And then you can dream about the future, you know, but it is a definitely a process. So how did uh, you process the whole, like going to Spain? That's like a really big deal. I would be devastated if that was, you know, I'm sure you mm -hmm. looked forward to it for a while and then here it comes and goes and you didn't get able, you weren't able to do it. How did you process that loss? I feel like that's a big deal. 
Yeah, it is. I think a lot of people can relate to similar losses they've had. Um, I drew a lot of strength from um, uh, something that Stephen, Stephen Covey created like way back in the 1980s. He's the guy who wrote the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I think it's in that book, he created this idea of dividing your world into three different circles. Uh, the circle of concern is this outside circle. And then the second circle inside that is the circle of influence. And the little circle in the middle is the circle of control. And just to take a look at what is happening in your world, uh, which category it belongs in. So there's lots of things that are in the circle of concern, but that is stuff that you don't have any direct control over. So like with the Spain trip, I'm very concerned. I cared a lot about it. I planned for it for months. I bought all the equipment. I was going to walk the Camino de Santiago. So it was this kind of big spiritual thing for me too. But I have zero control over what Spain does or what the U.S. does in terms of opening or closing their borders. And so um, because it's in that category, it's one of those things I needed to surrender and let go of and just grieve and lament it because I can't do anything about it. Um, inside of that, though, in the circle of influence is stuff that I, I care about and I have some influence over. So, uh, but I can't necessarily control. So like one thing I, I've done is redesigned my Camino where I may go on a multi-day hike later this year here in Colorado as a way of kind of recovering that experience a little bit, but it's not totally in my control because we may still not be allowed to do that. Um, uh, I don't know when the trails are gonna fully open up. I don't know any of that, but I can still plan for it, hope for that. And then the one in the middle is the circle of control. And that's the stuff you actually have control over. And it's not a big circle. It's just my thoughts. I control that. My attitude. I control that. My perspective. How I choose to stand. What I'm believing about my current situation. All within my control. How I treat people. What I say and how I say it. Um, what my household is going to be like. You know, like... What do I want to be true about the way I show up in my house? Uh, those things are in my control. Uh, so it really did help and has helped me to just keep those things in mind and focus where I actually have the most agency, the most power to control things. Because when you're out of control, when you don't have certainty, what you need is to feel like you have some agency. And so looking for where you do have control is one of the most powerful ways that you can de-stress and kind of settle in and ground yourself. And also how you can process the loss. I mean, there's so much that we don't have control over right now. It's very obvious we don't. Um, and you see people getting so stressed out online about things, largely because they are focusing all their attention on their circle of concern. And it's always things that are not in their control. And so they're freaking out because they or don't have control. Or anybody's control, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I right. mean, yeah, I'm not sure there's a whole lot that anybody can control about a lot of it. It's such an important distinction. Like, you, I love the way you said it. It's a small circle. The circle of control is a small circle. It's just big enough for you. Like, right. you really can't fit anybody or anything else in there. Um, or maybe your family. How about me? Yeah. Can I come in your circle with you? I can't well, control you. That's true. That is it. <laughs> um, and, and that distinction between what we can control and what we can't, well, like us and everything else. Um, and it's, it's tough because I think we all, I know I go to 
external things, right? Um, we talked about this last week on the podcast, um, how we try to escape, right? How we're used to escaping. Like I need to, I need to get out of the house for a little bit. I'm gonna go to the store and spend some money. I'm gonna go, you know, do this. And it's, it's about physically changing circumstances or spending money or things like that. And so much of that has been ripped out of our, our ability to, to do by the current circumstance with the pandemic. And, it, and I just, like, there, there is this tendency to go external and, and it, it's it, like- You know what, you, but I noticed not, what- It doesn't work. What Michael did about his Spain trip, which uh, maybe this was purposeful or maybe it wasn't, when it got canceled, you said, okay, like, why was I doing it? it was like a spiritual mountaintop experience. So that like, that was the important part to you. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, I'm going to eat this certain food at this certain restaurant in Spain or, you know, whatever. Yeah. It was like, I'm going for a spiritual experience. So let me take the essence of why I was doing it and try to do it near home. That's and right. let's do that. And maybe if the trails are closed nearby, maybe I can do something at home, some sort of journey that could honor that or something. Like I liked how you tried to get to what is the essence of what I'm desiring here and maybe just go for that, not all the details that surround it. Yeah, that's the resilience piece for even now for all families is if something is ripped away, like I can't run to the store and kind of get out of the house and do the thing I would normally do. uh, Well, what is it I do have control over? Like, what can I do? I can walk around the block. I can uh, go to some place outside of my house and just tell my family, don't bother me for 15 minutes or, you know, there's different things you can do. So it's, I think really important to just keep your eye focused on where do you have agency? Where do you have control over? And what is it that you can do to actually move toward the thing you want? If you can't get the thing you want, you can still move toward it in some way or another. I can't go to a movie theater right now, but we can sure, you know, like, watch a movie at home together and do popcorn. I saw um, one couple, they were had an anniversary dinner just in their own house because they couldn't go out to a restaurant, but they dressed up in their finest regalia. They put the, the white tablecloth down. They ordered out this, this really fancy meal, brought it in, and they had this candlelight dinner together and, and put it up on, I think it was Facebook as a way to share it with their friends and family. And like, it wasn't probably what they ideally wanted, but it was beautiful. It was a beautiful gesture to, to move in the places where they had choice, you know, to take action as they could. That's what's available to us right now in terms of, you know, designing how you want your family to operate moving forward. You don't have full control over a lot, but you have quite a bit of control about what happens inside the walls of your house. Yeah. And you can you can make decisions about that and how you want to be and how you want it to flow and all that kind of stuff moving forward, regardless of what craziness the government does or doesn't do in terms of how they open things or don't and all that kind of stuff. Well, I know you have a really great resource that you've designed an ebook about three steps to redefine your new normal. Um, and where can, if you can give us just a little bit of a teaser of um, what that's about. I know it has a lot of great questions that really help couples and families walk through, like how are they designing life moving forward? Um, what can we look forward to in that resource and how do we find it? 
For sure. So it's a PDF I made for you, for your audience in particular, and it's just, it's called Creating a New Normal, a step-by-step guide for your post-pandemic life. And it's kind of tongue-in-cheek because I'm not sure there is such a thing as a post-pandemic life at this point, (laughs) but but things are going to continue to evolve and change. And it's, it's a simply a guide to help you and your significant other uh, work through some questions to figure out what's important to us now. What are the values that we actually want to honor in the way we live through this period or through whatever's coming next? Uh, so it asks some questions about the things you've liked or disliked about the last three or four months um, and the things that you'd like to keep doing and the things you want to make sure change. And it's just a way to have that strategic conversation. It's, it's made so that if you, if your kids are old enough, you can involve them in the conversation too. And that can be a great way, even just as a family to process a little bit together about Mm. how has this period affected each one of you? Like you mentioned, Danielle, your daughter saying, this is, I really like this life. I mean, there's, something has happened in her little heart to say, there's something about this I want to keep, right? Mm -hmm. So like diving in there with her and figuring out what is that thing that has lit her up that we might be able to nurture even more as we move forward. So it's a pretty simple process. It's just three simple steps. Um, You can get it by going to um, michaelwarden.com slash new normal, just one, smear it all together, new normal. And on that page, you just put your email in and I will send you the, the PDF for that. Brilliant. The new normal. I just want to know, okay, first of all, I know there's no date when the new normal starts. I guess it's like you just start doing it whenever yeah, you design I, it. Because I, I don't think, like when you, you said it was kind of a joke, but post-pandemic world, I'm like, eh, I probably got another year Till I start living out this plan. I don't know. Maybe it's something I need to start tomorrow. You do. I think you need to start it now because right now governments are having this conversation. Corporations are having this conversation. Schools are having this conversation. So like if, if we don't as families like also have this conversation, yeah. we'll find ourselves in a position where all these other forces are beginning to sort of build our next, the next iteration of our lives. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have a voice in it. So How do you want your family to exist in this time? I think you can begin to carve that out. And right now is a great time to do it because we're already in upheaval. (laughs) Everything's already up in the air. So it's a mixed bag for me because it's like there, there, on the one hand, there is so much, it's like, you know, when you've done change work, change management, change leadership work in organizations. And so have I, and it's, we know that there's this, there's this very measured, very paced, very purposeful, way of doing it and in order to be successful and that's not what's happened here like (laughs) throw that out the window like like for a reality check danielle's parents drove into town on wednesday and everything was like oh there's some people getting sick or whatever china or whatever yeah and by friday it was like everybody's gonna lock down this is a thing there's no school for the next couple weeks like stay where you are but it's like it's like uh, just a mind-blowing amount of change. Get uh, thrown in your lap all at once. Without the any next choice, day and without the next day. any agency. It was just right. like, here it is. And and confusion in it. It's, it's probably possibly the most illustrative, worst <laughs> example of change management you can possibly have, um, both politically from the from the regional, county, city, state, you know, federal level, 
competing messages and different things. And, and, and then just in, in an organization, like, okay, we're going to work from home. Well, you're going to furlough. Well, you're going to, so there's going to be stress. There's going to be a huge amount of stress there. And yes, you know, stepping back into the circle of control um, to try to mitigate that. But then, but then, yeah, there, then it does open up this opportunity to, to redream, to redefine a lot of, of, of life. And, and I think you, when, if, if you don't, if you don't step out and, and take some uh, proactive, some creative step there, then you, you are allowing yourself to be uh, left to the whims and wills of everything else. Yeah, you're just a leaf blowing in the wind of whatever the yeah. culture is saying or the government's saying. So it's, it is kind of counterintuitive, but as, as we make decisions in our circle of influence, in our circle of control, in the middle of a chaotic situation, it actually lowers your stress mm. because then you're, you're, you're applying your agency where you can. And even little bitty things that you might do as a family or you might do in your personal sort of daily routine or daily practice can create in you a sense of control and a kind of what they call success momentum, where when you do it a little bit, then it gives you motivation to do the next thing. And before you know it, you've created a, a kind of system within the, within the madness that allows you to have a measure of peace and probably as important or more important allows your kids to have a measure of peace, mm. you know, cause they, cause their little hearts and minds, they feel all of it energetically, but can't, they don't have the mental capacity to process what's happening. So if you can create some of that for them, create a container for them, just by those little decisions you make, that can be so helpful for them too to manage this and figure out well, how they're going to navigate it. You mentioned the kids and like yesterday, our girls, they were over it, done. Like school, like if they had been a few years older, there would have been F-bombs and, and things being thrown. <laughs> Um, and, and on the, you know, as the dutiful parent, you go, well, now, honey, you know, we're all blah, blah. And inside you're going, I am too. Like this, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Like it, it's impossible. Yeah. Um, and so we, you know, we had a conversation about developing resilience and, you know, and pushing through and, and all of that. But then, you know, we Danielle made this brilliant little shift of, oh yeah, Allie, our oldest, is a list girl. Like she likes to know what is to expected, expect. what she, what she has to do, mm-hmm. like what's on the agenda. And today, this morning she had a, a list and, and she, she made it herself too. She made it yeah. herself. It was, she had very everything circle of control. Done. It was beautiful. It was, everything was done, done well, uh, you know, and she just a complete shift just by that one little tiny thing. I think we've talked about this before too, just the, the atomic habits or tiny habits, um, not, you know, setting a dreaming, a big dream, but taking tiny steps to. Yes. Yeah. Our brains. I mean, like you pointed out earlier, this has been a, a nightmare in terms of stress because it's all been dumped on us at once over a period of like two or three days max. Mm-hmm. And our brains do not do well with it. We're, we're actually not wired for dramatic shifts in our environment or in how we do things. Uh, we don't handle that stress very well, uh, just as human beings. 
even if it's a change you want to make. So what's actually better, much better, much more likely to succeed is to take some big dream and knock it down into little bitty, uh, little bitty tiny success momentum steps where you tackle something a little bit at a time and then add on to it a little bit at a time. This again is counterintuitive for, for most of us. We think, oh, we're just gonna make a sweeping change and we just hold on to that change for 30 days and then it'll be normal. But that's our, our brain gets overstressed by it, and particularly in a season like this where we're already overstressed. Yeah. If you try to make significant changes now, your your tank is all, you're already empty in terms of your stress capacity. So you have to make them tiny and make them simple. And I mean, like really simple. Like say, if I want to, uh, let's say I want to I want to pray or meditate in the morning just for like. 15 minutes before the day starts going crazy, like before the kids get up or whatever, then your first goal would be to uh, wake up at that earlier time and don't even try to meditate. Just just get up, <laughs> you know, at yeah. that time. And then the next one would be, I'll meditate for a minute and then I'll go on my day. So it, the, the, it sounds like you'll never get to your goal, but the truth is they've done all these tests around this and kind of examined it and people who do it this way get to their goal faster and they stay there permanently as opposed to those people who try to do kind of a sweeping change at once so yeah. yes and the the pdf that i'm that i offer you guys has that in there so it'll tell you kind of yeah. how to do that so just on a closing note of course we're all gonna go get this uh free pdf about redefining your new normal because i feel like we need to start yesterday um but <laughs> Little urgency for those of I'm not saying it's me, but maybe me. Um, (laughs) anybody who's listening that's still feeling maybe overwhelmed or stressed or anxious, do you have any words of encouragement for us to just um end on? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, one thing if there ever was a time for us to be gentle and generous with ourselves, it's now. Uh, I don't think we really fully appreciate, we probably won't till years from now when we're looking back at this time, just how um, stressful, how traumatic, uh, how difficult this season is. And so just the fact that you're continuing to show up and sort of be um, a half-decent parent, being a half-decent spouse right now is a massive win. Uh, so just for one thing, just be, be gentle with yourself. It's, it's time to mind your soul and be careful about just how kind you're being with yourself. That, that is one thing. And then the other thing I'd say is to really look at that circle of concern and think about what are the things that I'm actually focusing my attention on giving energy to that I have zero control over mm-hmm. and just make a list. Here are all the things that I'm actually worried about or thinking about. I have zero control. I cannot affect them. Those are the things you need to you need to let go of. You need to surrender. And you can do that if you have a prayer practice, do it through prayer. If you don't, you can create your own ritual. You can write them on a list and burn them in the backyard. You can anything you need to do to just let that stuff go. You cannot solve those big issues, but you can put your attention on what you can control and influence. Guarantee if you do that, you're going to feel better. Your stress is going to go down. You're going to feel like you actually have some agency because you do in those areas. Uh, and it will be less uh, traumatic for you moving forward. Yeah, mm. I, just that one thing of, of pulling back into my circle 
has been huge for me in the last few weeks. Like I, I just I can't watch the news. Like you, I can't laugh at the the jokes anymore. <laughs> like so, I I just I don't I don't do. You've any had to of take it. it out of the circle. Uh, yeah, I've had to I've had to pull back into my circle and like I just let go of all that. I love all yeah. that, Michael. It's so wonderful just to hear you. I mean, I can hear in your voice that you're fired up about this. <laughs> this is one of those things where. Um, we have an opportunity right here. And so thank you so much for giving us those, those steps that we can take that are very tangible that we can do today, that we can affect a change, not just for the moment, but for the foreseeable future. I just, I love it. So um, thank you so much, Michael, for having this conversation with us today and um, everybody make sure that you grab um, that free resource about defining the new normal at michaelwarden.com slash, slash new normal. Ooh, yeah. And we'll yeah. put that in the, in the show notes too. We'll put the link. Yeah, in the great. Show. That's good. Um, yeah. All right. Thank you, Michael. Thank you. Okay. So a big takeaway that I've got from this conversation is mm. just the power to be able to design the future, the life, the marriage, the family that you want. Yeah. It's a good reminder. Yeah. Because I, I feel like in this season, like a lot of things are just thrust on us. And so, you know, we're feeling like we're in that mindset, but the truth is we do have the power to design a lot of it. So, um, we just need to embrace that, I guess. Absolutely. I agree. How about you? Did you have a, um, I'd say something similar without repeating it. Um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm struggling to, uh, keep my bearings amongst all the chaos around me Mm -hmm. and to pull back from that, that circle of, of out of control, out of influence. (laughs) It's just the circle of concern. Yeah. Uh, Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing for me. It's just, Rem- remembering to step into my circle. Yeah. And my circle is just big enough for me. Yes. <laughs> Nothing else. You got a tiny And circle. if I start there, um, I can design what I want. Yeah. All right, cool. All, All right, right, you guys, now the talk about it segment and of the show. now the talk about it segment of the show. Each week we challenge you to set a time with your spouse to have a conversation that matters. Do you ever get tired of using that voice? No. Okay. <laughs> Here is your conversation starter question. What have you enjoyed in quarantine that you wish to carry forward to your new normal? Mm. Lots of good stuff there. All right. And don't forget to check out Michael Warden's resource. And we're going to put the link in the show notes. But that's it for today's show. So we've started the conversation here. We hope you'll join us over in our free community on Facebook at legendarymarriage.com slash community. If you enjoyed this episode, please tap the share button and send it to a couple of your friends. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Leave an honest review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Uh, That way you'll get automatic episode updates and uh, we get to read those reviews and make the show better. And it helps us uh, show up in the rankings and everything so more couples can find. Awesome. inspired and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you again. Don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.